Don't forget to fade it out this time. I'm not. I, I got this. Okay. Welcome to the Lead Fast Podcast. My name is Daniel. I'm going to be your host today. And I'm joined with Tommy Wofford, our fearless leader. And we're going to have fun today. I'm excited about what's about to happen. I mean, I don't even really know what's about to happen, but I'm excited. I'm excited about that. So I have to carry all the content and work the board, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that on camera. I'm the one like trying to fade this out over here. Because you're the best you're the best for the job, Tommy. We only want the best for this. That's the lead fast. <laughs> I have buttons that make us sound really awesome. Oh, they'll hear them. I think they'll hear them, right? Uh, oh no, they're That's my favorite one. If you can hear that, that one's my favorite one. So I'm gonna do things a little different today. I know we normally talk about conversations on the couch and we'll listen to one, we'll go through one. Um, but what I wanna do is I wanna know about Tommy Wofford. And maybe, I don't know, like... Well, I'm a Sagittarius. Okay, yeah. And what's your favorite style of dancing? Uh, the limbo. Limbo. Like, I, I was thinking... I was party thinking, limbo is my favorite. I pegged you for a salsa, yeah, but... Huh? <clears throat> so, we've used these cards in the past to kind of do some deep, uh, emotional, thought-provoking... Uh, do you remember Jack music? Handy from Saturday Night Live? Yes, I do. Deep thoughts with Jack. Did I just have some Jack Handy vibes? Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Oh, man. Was I, I love the Jack Handy. Then, yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna pull some Jack Handy out later. Okay, but, cool. So I, what I want to do? Super yeah. inappropriate. <laughs> We're gonna edit that part out. No one's ever gonna hear that. Hopefully, no one's gonna hear it. Justin, edit that part out. Um, so what I want to do is I want people to, and I, I do too. I want to get to know you uh, because I feel like I know you so well sometimes. And then you say some stuff. I'm like, my God, Tommy, do I even know who you are? Like, um, I'll hear stories about things you've done, and I'm like, wait. What? I hope that's a good feeling. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, not, a, good, it's a good it's not, feeling. Who, do, who are you? No, it was the the other day uh, on Carl's podcast. Like I was, we were filming that, and you, like you and Carl were, talk, were talking, and you knew Carl from you know way back, and you and you guys were like, yeah, I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen you since uh, uh, Vegas. And Carl's like, yeah, oh yeah, Kevin Hart's birthday party. And me and Justin look at each other like, what? T Tommy? <laughs> but like, I mean, that's the thing too. Like, I mean, you do things that like I hear about and I'm like, I didn't even know you did that. You're just also like a walking treasure trove of wisdom. And that's cool too, because uh, I mean, the last podcast we did, or maybe, maybe two podcasts, we were talking about childbirth, you know, like two mm -hmm. grown dudes talking about childbirth and how much I didn't know about it. And it just turned into a really cool um, leadership moment. And, and I think that's what makes you, you is because you have all these things, like your brain thinks like that. Everything is a leadership. If, you, if something happens, good or bad, funny, whatever, I think you have this compartment in your brain that you're like, oh, let's, okay, let's, let's look at that from a leadership perspective. And I, I can't do that. Like, and I, I feel like that's the reason why people subscribe to LeadFast and why they watch our stuff and why they, you know, like take our classes because you are that way. So what my goal is, and I don't know that this is going to happen like this, uh, but what my goal is, is to ask some of these questions and maybe get a little snapshot of Tommy, like, like how you think, maybe uh, some developmental things, like, like when you're a kid, I mean, I'm not going to ask you, when did you know that you were in, you know, a leader? You know, I'm not going to ask you stuff like that, but. But your voice sounds really cool when you talk like maybe that. Maybe I might ask you something like that. Okay. It did sound cool, but I do want to get to these questions. I do want to kind of ask some stuff and you know, if, if something happens and we start talking about whatever, let's just yeah, talk we'll about just whatever. Let it go where it goes. All right. But uh, I think this will be fun. So All right. I could be totally wrong. I've been known to do that, you know, from time to time. So I've got these blue cards, and I'm going to shuffle them. Oh, we're going to do blue cards today? Blue cards, I'll skim through some of these. And the yellow cards, for those of you who haven't watched before, these are, like, color-coded, color and they have, like, different, like, 
topics uh, about life. And then the yellow cards, which I've, I think I put back in the box, the yellow cards ask like some really deep questions that make you want to cry. Like when was, when did you, when was the last time you felt lonely and for what reason? And, and that's not what I want to, that's not what I want to talk about today. So, uh, okay. So for people watching, you would think like with, with a, as much production as we've got going on here. I mean, we've like literally, you can't see it, but there, are, there are people watching, taking show notes, and me and Daniel are here, and there's another person doing production. Justin's over there, and we've got lights and cameras everywhere. We don't prepare for this at all. Nope. <laughs> you would think that we would, because we put a lot of effort into yeah. it, but we don't really prepare for this. So everything that you hear from me is just like, whatever. We're just kind of making it up as we go along. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, uh, you soon will if you stick around long enough. That's when Tommy's in his element, when he's, it's unscripted. I'm not so much like that, but I'm actually kind of surprised that from the second we hit record, this has gone, you know, like, I haven't derailed yet. We haven't had to cut yet. Yeah, no, so, like, putting Tommy in his element is, like, catching him not off guard, but, like, letting him, like, like quick think, like those quick fire uh, responses and reactions, those ninja reflexes that he has, business ninja over here. Um, and so that's why we like to do this unscripted. Not so easy for me. Walking the park for Tommy. But that's why I have these questions. And so, like, let's get to the first one here, if we like it. Hmm? Okay, I mean, what is keeping you up at night? Besides your redneck neighbors probably shooting off fireworks right now. Okay, so speaking, I, I live in a very nice neighborhood. I don't have a whole lot of redneck neighbors. But, you know, the um, what's the neighborhood app? Kid Rock doesn't live down the street from Kid me. Rock does not live <laughs> down the street from me. Well, anyway, just call it Facebook. I don't remember what the, the neighborhood app yeah, is. Yeah, There's a neighborhood app. And, uh somebody last night was like who like sending out messages who's firing off fireworks at 10 p.m you know literally five days after the right. 4th of july yeah. so people are just getting ready their you know leftover fireworks some kid playing probably and like 10 p.m 10 not like two in the morning mm -hmm. 10 yeah and he was like yes and i'm the old guy and he was like really like grumpy about it and he looked this guy up and he looks 27 like he oh he responded to it yeah. Like, oh. oh, yeah. What a power so, move. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've got your fireworks. Uh, I'll come to your house and set off M80s in your, in your mailbox. Oh, God. Um, so, uh, what keeps me up at night? You know, like, when I decide to go to sleep, I go to sleep. That's a superpower. It is. Like and, and I've been, like, I've been in a little twin, uh, twin-seater Cessna with a friend of mine. And I was like, I'm going to take a nap. And he's like, you're going to take a nap? I'm like, yep. I'm in a Cessna? Oh, yeah. Of like, all the planes that I would feel uncomfortable in, a Cessna a little, is one. A little 170, like, yeah. little tiny, coming back from D.C. and uh, with flying with Danger Dave and... He, I told him, I said, man, I can go to sleep anywhere. And two minutes later, I was out. Like, man. I can just decide to go to sleep. What keeps me up is everything that's not sleep. I, I hate missing out. I don't want to miss anything. And I don't want to miss a thought. And if I get on any sort of, like, rabbit trail of a thought, I will see it through. And I will stay up thinking about it until oh, it's man. done. Until I have to finally, like, chastise myself and, like, dude, go to sleep. Yeah. Like, you've got to be up in four hours, you know. And I don't sleep a lot. I probably sleep on a good night five and a half hours like on a real long night that's normal like yeah yeah that's pretty normal wow um and then i'll do that for three or four weeks and then i won't wake up for 12 hours you know like yeah <laughs> so i'll crash but hibernate. that's that's my that's sort of my thing like i'm usually in bed by asleep by 1 o'clock i'm usually up by 6 37 depending on and it depends on how interrupted my sleep is i've got three little kids at home so they, you know, they're still coming into the bedroom at night wanting to get in bed with mommy and daddy so uh, if I don't get woken in the middle of the night and get five hours of solid sleep, I'm up and ready to go. I do notice sometimes I'll come into the office and you'll already be here. And I'm like, well, Tommy must have got to bed early last night and woke up early. But then you'll just say something like, oh, yeah, dude, I didn't go to bed until like 
three hours ago. And then you're smiling. I'm like, how, what? Like, what are you even? No, nah, I just got bored at home <laughs> in the morning. I was up long enough just that I was like, well, yeah. no one else is up yet. I guess I'll go to the office. Uh, real quick on the firework thing. Um, not oh, boy. <laughs> I've noticed this about, I've got one neighbor that lives directly behind me. I just feel like I need to put this on the public. Because if you're this neighbor, I'm calling you out. And it's so <laughs> strange. Like, I get it. If you have extra fireworks, you want to shoot those off. And, you know, I'm not even mad. Like, it doesn't bother me. Like, it's not going to wake my kids up. But what's, like, baffling to me is, like, it's the big, like, the big mortar ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it'll go off, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And, like, so I'll run outside, and I'll, like, look, because I'm like, I want to see them. You know, like, if they're in my backyard, like, over my house, I think it's cool. And then, like, I won't hear from him again. Like, they, he won't shoot them off. And this is, like, 10 o'clock at night, too, so he'll, like, fire one off at 10 o'clock. And then, like, I'll go back in my house and just, you know, play video games or, you know, watch Netflix. And about 10... 30, you know, 30 minutes. Another past, one. Another, I'm like, what? Did you just drive somewhere? Go get another one? Come back. But I don't understand. <laughs> the half, yeah. The half hour gap. That's between. what confuses me. Like, so do you have 10 of them sitting there and okay. you just decided I'm going to shoot these off. I'm going to space these out because I want them to last, you know, or. I, uh, hey, okay. So here's, here's immediately. You said this earlier, and but this is really what just happened immediately when you said that you said he, he shoots it off and then he goes in for like half an hour and then comes back out and, and then shoots another one off. Like immediately, I went. That's just how people act yeah. about everything else uh -huh. in life. Like I have this cool thing, and I'm gonna go do it. And they don't like really go after it. They don't deploy all their resources because they'd rather scatter it out over like bits and bits of time. And then what, they're afraid it'll run out. They're afraid like you know resource scarcity yeah. comes into play, and they're scared it'll run out. And then what ends up happening is they don't get any like major effect. And then their their impact on other people is they make some sort of big loud noise and people come out to look and then they don't uh, see yeah, anything. Dude. And then they just, they, they, you get into, everybody understands that now there's a pattern. So now when you see a mortar, you don't go back out. So now they don't get any, they don't get any impact on what they do subsequently because they've taught people that they're not going to continue the show. That's so crazy. I literally go out for the first one every time. Um, and uh, I'm like, there's going to be a firework explode over my house. Yep, and I know time. it. And then like when I hear it again, yeah. Like, I don't go back. I'm not, I'm not going back outside. The six-year-old in me that wants to see the fireworks, like, runs out and is really happy, and then I'm lost. Like, you lose me. I, like, I, you can shoot off one 30 minutes later and then shoot a cluster of, like, three or four. I'm like, I'm not going out there because I, I, I know it's going to end. Yeah. It's going to end. And so, like, if you are <clears throat> an entrepreneur or you're just, a, you know, somebody listening and, you, and people's – you want to make an impact in someone's life, it's, you can't, like, show up once you got to continuously show up you've got to be able to like produce when they show up too because you anybody can go out and make a lot of noise like i tell you what go to the mall go to the mall go stand in the middle of the mall and have a meltdown start screaming at the top of your lungs for 30 full seconds you'll get the attention of a thousand people you just will you'll mm -hmm. get the attention of a thousand people once and then the next time you come into the mall, they're going to know that's you and they're going to arrest you imme yeah. <laughs> immediately. People don't like, you can get anyone's attention just by making a scene. Right. And that's what your neighbor's doing. He goes out, he fires one big mortar off and like, boom, everybody comes out to look and see what it is. But he's not, he doesn't, he doesn't even have the ability to make a consistent impact Yeah. because he's not consistent with his actions. Right. And so that's, that's like leadership number one. That's frequency of what you're talking yeah, about. It's yeah, it's frequency 101. Like you've got to be, if you're going to be relevant and attractive, if you're going to have fireworks at the right time of year where people are looking for fireworks, like mm -hmm. he built attraction, he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't have frequency, he loses interest immediately. Yeah, no. Uh, 
I, now I relate to that, you know, like I'm not the business owner in that. Right, right. I'm the guy waiting for the fireworks. So I know. Um, and again, like that was a case in point of how unscripted Tommy can just make a leadership out of my dumb neighbor, uh, like getting my hopes up for fireworks. But also frequency, what we're talking about is part of our course that, and this is a shameless plug here, I guess. I mean, this is our podcast. Why not? It's, but, it is our podcast. But this is something, I mean, I learned too, by, by filming these, um, just about these pillars in business and what time is referring to about frequency what, what i brought up is something that um you know like it's one of the foundational pillars of, of of business and leadership and stuff and if you don't know uh you know about that if you if you're not if you don't have a system for success that's what this is and so i would encourage you to go to our website leadfastco.com i'm going to plug this in i don't know why it's i guess this is the perfect it's, time it's a for good it. time but leadfastco.com and that's where all these good resources are and uh, of course these podcasts where you get these tidbits of knowledge that's come from my neighbor who shoots off fireworks like an idiot but um we also uh we do more than just firework talk too so i think you'll be really impressed with what what content we got up there yeah no i'm so proud of lead fast and what we've done you know and it's like uh i'm too yeah. we've, we've moved really far really quickly so Super excited. Um, also, like, you know, one of the things that we talk about here in the office is how we're always sort of like pushing the envelope of mm -hmm. what's going on. Leadfest has uh, some big announcements coming up. We've, we've, we've yes. closed some stuff this week. And yes. uh, in the next year, in 2021, is going to be 2020 to 2021 is going to be a pretty exciting uh, couple of years for us. No, I agree. And, and it feels like I'd normally if I was in a situation, it would feel really awkward because I'm, like, bragging about my company to my boss. I mean, Tommy's my boss, if y'all hadn't picked that up. But, like, I'm, I'm just excited because when I joined this, you know, when I came on, I thought I was just going to be filming some content. And, and like, I, I've done this hundreds of thousands of times where I, I'll go for a client or somebody and I'll film something. At the end of the day, I don't necessarily even really care about what you're doing. Like, my job isn't there to understand or to learn or whatever. But when I'm sitting here listening to you talk about stuff, you know, like, it's always in a way that I can relate to, relate to just, like, the fireworks stuff. And that's what was cool. So, like, I'm, like, sitting there filming, but I'm, like, like, like not watching the, the monitor, and I'm, like, watching you and learning stuff like that. So I'm really excited about Lead Fast just because. You know that not watching the monitor thing is probably not good. Yeah, I shouldn't <laughs> tell my boss that. Uh, but I'm so good at how I said it. No. Um, the th but the thing is, is, like, if you can appeal to me, you know, uh, who is, I don't run my own business, obviously. Um, yeah, but I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yet. I mean, like I have goals and which I also learned from lead fast, but I mean like that is, just, that was just so cool. That was the first thing that ever really stuck out to me. And yeah. so, yeah, I love it. I believe it. All right, let's do another card. <clears throat> so I kind of cheated. I saw this card. I want to know this, uh, answer anyways. I, s I snuck this to the top. Okay. It's not a hard one. It's just, uh, by the way, I snuck it to the top means I moved it under the table where you couldn't see it, <laughs> but I watched him do it. Uh, well, I mean, and plus I was just going to own up to it. I mean, like, all right. Know. So what's the question? The question is describe your earliest memory. What is, what was baby Tommy's first memory? I'm going to switch, uh, colors here. Just throw things up. Uh, all right. So it doesn't have to be business related, but no, it probably just, is. No, <laughs> it's a, yeah, that three or whatever. <laughs> I, so we lived in we lived in a little single lot like just so I didn't I don't I don't come from like means I'm not like mm -hmm. a second generation wealthy person or right. third gen I just don't that wasn't my family story. My grandparents were, uh, you know, grew up on a tobacco farm in Kentucky. My dad grew up hanging tobacco. My you know, my all my uncles and my dad at some point in time were like plumbers, and so we just blue collar family. We lived in a little single wide trailer in this trailer park in Kentucky. 
uh, outside of Lexington. And I remember it being a snowy day and we had this little like uh, eight by eight porch on the front of our, you know, basically three stairs up to the trailer and had a little eight by eight porch. And I couldn't get out in the snow or anything, but I had a big wheel. And I was like riding my big wheel, eight feet, eight feet, eight feet, eight feet. And I caught an icy patch and fell off and caught my forehead on some of the like underpinning of the trailer and split my head open. Oh. And that's what I remember. I only, I think I only remember that from that far ago because uh, it was so traumatic. Mm-hmm. But I, I vividly remember like red in the snow. Like that's what I remember. Man, I um, that's horrifying. Yeah. It's a, so I've been but a traumatized kid. It was just like one of a, like a rookie of the year moment, you know, where you did that and all of a sudden when you healed up, your brain was just business minded or business focused. Yeah. So, yeah. So like I started my next business the next day. You it was really it. weird. I was you, four. I sold it like a week you later. You liquidated all yeah, your yeah. toys. And no. <laughs> no. That's what uh, it, yeah. I was waiting for started, it to happen though. I started flipping, I started flipping He-Man out of the back of my one wheel. <laughs> I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Like I, I think you probably have a lot of. Uh, rich dad, poor dad uh, esque stories from when they were a kid growing up. So uh. no, I, I don't, man. Like, we, you know, that's a, that's a thing. Like my my parents and I didn't really have a lot of like financial literacy talks or anything mm-hmm. like that. I mean, they just they come from the school. They grew up thinking work hard, work hard, work hard, save a lot, save a lot, save a lot, right? And so they've done extremely well for themselves, but they weren't obviously trying to build wealth. It was like I'm trying to build. My parents really lived for that back third, right? Like mm-hmm. that back third of your life yeah. where it's like, uh, all right, now I'm 60. And, and that last 30 years, I'm going to like my parents have, uh, you know, a timeshare in Maui. And like they go to Hawaii once a oh, year. Wow. And and they've been, they've been doing that for a long time. And like that's one of those things where it's like they really lived for, for you know, 45 to whenever, you yeah. know, and are in a great position. And they've done like they're the reason I've done so well in life because they've taught me how to work so hard, but uh, they weren't like, Oh, let's build, you know, generational wealth. They didn't understand Mm -hmm. that. No one ever had those conversations with them. Uh, It's one of the reasons that I know mentorship works so well, because I don't have any reason to believe that that can be possible except that I've never seen it, it, but I know that mentorship has taught me that it's possible and taught me how to do it. And, that's why I know that without mentorship, my kids don't stand a chance. Like, and, yeah. and I want those people that are watching to understand that. Like, if you don't have a mentor in your life and you don't need a physical mentor, you can, you can let other people's mistakes be your mentors if you just go learn about them. Like, yeah. like when I read, I read autobiographies and biographies because I want to know other people's mistakes. Like, I, when I read business books, I don't read tactical business books. I'm not out there reading on, you know, corporate structure and how to do those things. I, some of the best books I've ever read, the E-Myth Revisited, Shoe Dog, Phil Knight's story about Nike and how he like had to fight for that company. Shoe Dog is an amazing business book, but you have to be able to make that jump from a metaphor jump. You have to be able to take his story and turn it into actual, actual practical, tactical things. No, I get that. Um, but that was, you know, because I believe in mentorship and I know that mentorship is the way to success. I always want to have other people's mistakes mentoring me. And so that when I'm reading, that's what I'm reading. I'm reading other people's stories because outside of the tactical, if I just, if I just read tactical, if I'm, if I'm completely execution and, and everybody wants a silver bullet, like everybody out there in the business world, like if you had a system that was a silver bullet that helped me fix everything, then that mean you'd make a billion dollars. That would be like, if you, whatever, but if I just give you execution, then the only way that you learn is by messing that up, mm. like not executing. Right. And then you fail. 
But if I give you my story and you take execution out of it, then you get to see where I failed right. and avoid that. Right. right? And so that's why I just think Andrew said the other day, he said stories are more powerful than claims um, because we were like, you know, making some claims about us. And he was like, no, you got to tie that to the, yeah. to our story somehow because stories are more powerful than claims. I think stories win. I think stories are more practical than tactical. Like, you know, yeah, like no, I agree because you, you get the experience along with the execution. Right. And uh, and that for me has made all the difference. And, and it's just a little bit of a mindset shift, but it's crucial. Sure. Yeah, no, I think tactical is, I mean, it's, it has its place, uh, and I, I don't think you're uh, undermining that, but tactical leaves room, like, like for questions, like you don't know what mistakes you'll make, but when you, you know, you start reading b- b- about people's failures and apply that to your life, you, you do know those things, so mm-hmm. like, not to say that you won't make those same mistakes, because I, like you, believe that failure can be a pathway to success in, right. in a lot of ways. Sure. Maybe not your failure, but failure in general. Um, but, like, I, I just really think that that's uh, – because I've learned from – like, I listened to you and Andrew. Uh, you guys did a story. I don't know if we've even released that yet, but about some of the things you did starting up that fell or didn't get off the ground. And the whole time, like, I know you as Tommy, the successful person, this, you know, like, like this, this business-minded person, and um, I don't ever see your confidence really shaking. And that's good, but I know that you've been to places where you have failed. And so when I hear that, it's also, like – you know, like the person who did Nike and the, the mm-hmm. Disney and these people who like pioneered these uh, big corporations, big businesses had to have failed lots along the way, but you don't ever see them and think about failure. You don't see them and think about the business that's hugely successful. And I think for me, it's, you know, obviously I'm not trying to start my own business, but like I yet. take your yet, <laughs> but I can take the, the failures that you've had, but um, <laughs> the failures though that you have talked about, lets me see you like as a human person who's made mistakes but not just where you were when you failed but where you're at now and how that failure has contributed to that and man that's that i've looked at when i go to do stuff where i'd want to be like well man i just don't know if i want to do this because it could just whatever i almost have like a leg up on that i almost feel like i'm more equipped to handle that but okay yeah you know i could i could and instead of me being like well that failed i look at what you did and like okay why did that fail and you you pick that apart like man you just go in there and just like micro assess everything to a degree to make yourself better not to like rebuild that up from the ashes but i've noticed that like when you when like a company fell and you may have done this i, I don't know we did it last week what's that we, we had a failure last week that's right yeah. yeah so we had a so and it just it usually takes me a second to like so just for every so everybody knows we did a uh initial call to tell some people about our program last week about uh, uh leave fast and what it does and the point of that call was to have a group of affiliates on and people who have never heard about LeadFast and, and potentially pitch it to them. Um, what we ended up on that call was a group of people who had been invited um, to, and, and they're the ones that actually came. We had a, we had 25 com- committed and, and said they were coming. 11 people showed up for lots of reasons. We're doing another call to take care of the rest. But um, the people who showed up had been invited to come like give critique about the program and about the call and, and that kind of thing. Um, and when you invite criticism, you get criticism. Sure. Like that's, it's, it's sort of like the you nature do. of the For invitation. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so we got off the call and there was just our staff here and we kind of like ended the zoom call and we had, it was full production. It was great. And we had done a great job. And I was like, guys, seriously, 10 out of 10 could not have gone better. I felt like that was great. And then we got a sort of like immediate sort of round up some folks and did a follow up, and the feedback wasn't 
stellar. Yeah, it wasn't glowing. It was. Yeah. It wasn't glowing. It wasn't. It did not obviously match my expectations. And so it really like it took the wind out. Like everybody here in the office knew it. You could see it on my face. My countenance changed. My uh, tone changed. Every it, it really took the and wind I, out of me. I was in the bathroom when this happened, so I came out from happy ten out of ten, Tommy, to seeing Tommy now reassessing things. I'm like, what just happened? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's and it's obvious. Like I, I wear all my emotions on my sleeve, and you always know where you stand with me, hundred yeah. percent of the time, because I can't no hide doubt. it. And and it was it was obvious. And so, it, what happened for us was that we didn't. I thought everybody was going to come away from that meeting going, where do I sign up? Like this is the most amazing thing mm-hmm. ever, and that was not the reaction that we actually got. And so. That took a lot of the wind out of my sails, and then and I just needed to step away for a moment. So I was like, "Hang on!" And so I walked out of the room, and I came back, and I said, "All right, so here's here's the deal. Here's here's what actually happened. We invited criticism. We got exactly what we asked for. We should be grateful for that, mm-hmm. um, and 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 was able to reassess immediately, and and pivot and change and make adjustments. But there's there's a lot of reasons that you do that. You do that one. Maybe the the most important is that you've got to be able to. Um, tie your emotional state to some buoy that doesn't move, right? Mm-hmm. Because if it would have crashed me and my emotions went down, then the rest of the team follow me, follows me down. And I'm responsible for, as a leader, for the emotional state of our team. Like that's maybe the first thing that you have to do because you have to be able to maintain progress. Progress is all emotional, not executional. Executable? Execution. That's like the word I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all three of those words they are great. All um, but progress is more about emotion than it is anything else. It just always is because your emotion will keep you going. It'll keep you learning as you figure out the execution part. Okay. You can fail at execution and keep going if you feel good about it, but you cannot fail at the emotional part and, and any other hurdle come. It just makes you so fragile. It makes right. you too fragile. Right. So you've got to be able to maintain a healthy mindset during everything. And so from us, I had to go pivot immediately and go, all right, so I don't want anyone to take away from this that it was a failure. Here's what happened. We, it wasn't the audience that we thought it was. And mm-hmm. so we set up for one thing, got something differently. Different. And then so we got different results than we anticipated. But different anticipated results does not mean failure. It means you got exactly what you should have got out of what the subset, out of the, the right. data that you had, right? Yeah. And so we, we repunted. We, we said, all right, well, now – since we didn't get what we actually wanted, let's make the most out of what we got. We got criticism, so now let's use that yeah. criticism to make ourselves better. And we 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 redeemed we redeemed the emotional win out of that without having to change anything, without having to lie to ourselves mm-hmm. or you know make anything up, which is what too many people do. Right? Because like there are some completely like uh, schizophrenic is probably a bad word um, to describe it. But there are some there are some entrepreneurs out there that like any kind of setback they just they lie to themselves and yeah. get caught up in this idea that like oh well you know this is what's really happening and da, 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 da. like no you've got to be able to accept truth mm-hmm. you've got to be able to like accurately assess a situation I always go back to that Napoleon Bonaparte quote a leader's job is to assess the situation and, and offer hope and so you've got to be able to accurately assess the situation and find a way to offer hope in it yeah. And we were able to do that in that situation, and it's made us better over the last seven days. Yeah, I mean, it, it made us better, like in, within a day. Because I remember, I mean, I was out the next day, and um, just what you guys talked about before we did our family meeting, the things that I heard in there, and then the, the conversations after, just in that one day, 
was like, man, you know, if we were off track, we were slightly off track because we were back on track now as far as progress goes and stuff. But no, that's good. I mean, like that is, uh, that's what I'm learning to do. And I think that's what a lot of people business wise and even any, really any part of your life, you, this applies to that. But I mean, I'm learning to do those things like that, you know, like moving forward. And I think when you say people lie to themselves about, you know, like where they're at, I, I personally believe, and you can speak in on this, that probably comes from the fact that they know without a doubt that emotions are part of the progress journey. And I think accepting that or not uh, is not going to change, you know, like where you're at, obviously, but in your mindset, like if you can convince yourself you're okay, you you can kind of keep trucking along and that's where it fails because you may you may have your emotions but emotions are a good guide for you you know what i mean yeah. like so here's so here's what happens and this is the dangerous part and you can lie to yourself that's fine mm -hmm. um that, that's a lot of people do like you like a lot of major like professional athletes they do that on the regular basis like you know like like the, everybody that goes out on the field that plays in the nfl tells themselves i'm the best wide receiver in the nfl you know that's part of the mental i'm you yeah. know everybody that stepped into the ring when mike tyson told themselves before the fight i've got everything necessary to beat mike tyson they were all wrong right well for right. the most part they were all wrong yeah because he's an animal yeah like everybody has a, you know he's famous for saying everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth like mike tyson said to himself like it doesn't matter what they've said to themselves the moment i hit them they're going to doubt everything mm -hmm. because they were liars like if it, if you don't know it's true, if you think it's a lie, but you're telling yourself it's a lie, it, it gives you an emotional bump and psychs you up. But the moment something contradicts that, all that your belief falls apart, and now you're weaker wow, yeah. than if you'd have walked in. So like if if I would have walked in, it, it would have been much better for them to say, Mike Tyson is an animal, but I have trained, I've been hit, I've been hit hard, and I, I think I can take anything he throws at me. I'm confident that I can take anything he throws at me. Instead of saying, I. Mike Tyson can't touch me. I'm the fastest guy in the world. Yeah. And the moment you get touched in the face, like hard, now you go, oh, you know, wait, that's not true. That's not true anymore. Yeah. And all the mental preparation you've done goes right out the window. Mm -hmm. But if you, if what you've said is I'm prepared to take what's coming and you get hit, then what you have is the truth. I'm, pre I'm still standing. So you I'm fall prepared. back to your training. Yeah. You fall back to your mental training, but it has to be rooted in truth yeah. because if you're lying to yourself, the moment something truth so the moment truth comes into a situation and contradicts a lie everything that's built on that lie falls right wow so you doubt everything else that's where in the in the entrepreneurial world we get pretend pioneers because you get and we talk about this a lot but like you get people who get so caught up in the um in the rat race of doing that to themselves that that becomes now a win because because you say well i was in the ring with mike tyson and you weren't Right. Yeah, but we had the same results, and yeah. I didn't have to get into the ring right. with Mike Tyson. Yeah. I didn't have to get my face tore right. up, like to be a loser. Like I didn't have to get in because I knew what would happen. You just found out for the both of us and had to pay for reconstructive surgery. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But pretend pioneers would rather, by and large, fail with a good excuse, you know, than than succeed through effort, right? Work, yeah. And so they they if you lie to yourself, what ends up happening is that you get to excuse away the loss, and then socially you get credit for the try right and right. so and so then it's like you should everybody pats you on the back yeah. for being in the ring with mike tyson but there were one of a hundred thousand guys that could have gotten the ring with mike tyson in any of those fights right um i mean I, I could crawl in the ring with him and get the same results yeah you get the exact same results um the only reason that that person was in the ring was because the promoters thought they would make more money on somebody who looked like they had a chance yeah 
but they really didn't. didn't right? They had the same exact odds I would have. Man, that's. So the promoter was the person who made the money there, not you. Like that, yeah. had, that had nothing to do with the the opponent's skill set, right? right? So much so that they even in boxing they have that they call it a tune up fight. Like they're just tuning him up, like for the for the actual Ooh. championship. You, the, the guys that fight against them are called stepping stone guys. Like they know you're going to walk through this person. It, it's just so that they can make a little bit of money, get a little bit more hype for the fight. It's that's what it's there for. It's got yeah. a purpose, but it's not so that you can beat Mike Tyson. Yeah, they they went off your unpreparedness. And yeah, like, 100%. no, that's. I mean, for me, you know, I was in the I was in the military, and one thing that when I first went to basic training, I we just did stuff over over and over again it's like it felt so stupid and you know like some things I was glad that I just wasn't getting yelled at for but I mean we spent like I don't know a couple, couple of weeks on the range just shooting 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 and I'm thinking how how effective is this you know what I mean like how how much does this really help and you know as it went on we had all these like uh like each phase would culminate in what we call the FTX like a field training exercise where we kind of go out in the field simulate like battle yeah and um, and even then, it didn't really make sense uh, as much as it does now. But we learned that you can always have a plan, and every, and everybody should have a plan. This is not against making plans, but um, you should also train too, and and have training and, and be prepared, like what you're talking about. Because the second somebody shoots at you, you know, like the first time you hear a bullet fly over your head, you're just like stuck. They call it the fog of war. Like you, you, you are just like, oh, what do I do? And the only thing that you know to do in those stressful extreme moments is the thing you've practiced over and over and it's weird to have like if you've ever done that or you've ever been to that uh place where all of a sudden you don't know what's happening but your body's on autopilot it's fascinating it's fascinating to see your body do something that you've tried right, to right. do and in the moment you're like this is stupid why am i doing it and it just makes sense um so i'm 100 one of behind. our one of our generals i think it was eisenhower he's quoted as saying um hmm. plans are useless planning is crucial yeah like plans are plans are useless. You're gonna you're gonna pivot. You're gonna change. It's the it's the act of planning mm -hmm. that makes you consider the possibilities. That makes you prepared for all the possibilities. That it's increases the, your adaptivity to th yeah yeah. So and then like you know you've also got this what you're talking about being on autopilot, but that's also that's the whole idea that like when I'm there's a there's a I I live on quotes like mm -hmm. I just do. Everybody that knows me like I'll I'll throw quotes out. I I in, I remember so much. Uh, but there's a, a great quote that says, amateurs practice till they get it right. Professionals practice till they can't get it wrong. Mm. And it's like, there's, wow. a, there's, a, there's a level of like, I can't, I've done this so many times and it's autopilot. I will not get this yeah. wrong. And that's the, that's the major difference um, between amateurs and professionals. And on that note, we've been talking 35 yeah, minutes. We it's probably it up, time so. to get out of this thing. Hit that music for me. All yeah. right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. That was a good one. Um, Again, you know, like if you haven't liked our Instagram or follow us on Instagram, do that. Subscribe to us so you see when we do new posts. And check out our website, leadfastco.com. Also, our Instagram, before I skip over that, is at leadfastco. Um, we're also on Facebook. Yeah, there's some cheers there. Um, and uh, you're on button probation now. <laughs> and leadfastco.com, that's where our classes are. That's where a lot of content is. Like if you are uh, just liking what we're saying, liking the things that you're hearing, there's so much more of that at our website. So it's a treasure trip of resources, leadfastco.com. Check it out and we'll see you guys next time.